Hello flower friends, welcome back to Coffee, Wine, and Flowers. I'm happy that you're here. Today we're diving into a topic that holds a special place in my heart, making the most of the slow season. Oh my goodness, do I love me some me time. I know that those of you out there might have mixed feelings about slow season. Sometimes as a creative entrepreneur, slower times can cause you to feel a little bit restless or maybe cause you to feel stress or uncertainty. It may even feel like a period of waiting, which might make you feel a lack of control and just be very uncomfortable. It's natural that as creative people, we love to stay productive. And as entrepreneurs, we like to see action-driven results. And in an era of social media where we are constantly exposed to the visual side of everything happening around us, sometimes this can influence our perception of success. And this constant awareness of outward performance has maybe caused us to become strangers to the more quiet practices that also lead to results in business. I feel like in our society and in our wedding industry specifically, we've adopted this narrative that staying busy or being booked out is the primary indicator of success. However, in my own experience and in my own path of discovery, I have actually found this to be completely misleading and really a distraction from what is really important. What I do know to be true is that as entrepreneurs, our time is one of our two most valuable resources. The first one being money and the second one being our time. So from that perspective, how we spend our time is really what's most important. If we buy into the narrative that being busy equals success, we have to actually look at how that busy time is being spent and what is actually being produced from it. Because being busy, while it may look great from the outside, may actually be of no value whatsoever if those efforts aren't directly producing more money or more time. And you can't possibly be sure of that just by looking at somebody else's business. What you can be sure of is how you spend your time. And for me, It's actually been during the slow seasons that some of the biggest moves and most powerful shifts have happened in my business. As creative entrepreneurs, we love to create, and on the surface, it might seem like our value is in the physical things that we create, working with our hands. But outside the whirlwind of events that we often find ourselves in, we're also conceptualizing and creating something bigger behind the scenes that also holds a ton of value. And it's during the slower periods that that big picture starts to take form and come to life. In this episode, I hope to share with you a shift in perspective where you can come to recognize the slow season as a unique opportunity for reflection, planning, and nurturing both your business and your creativity. So grab your favorite cup of coffee, find a cozy spot, and let's explore the ways we can make the most of the slow season in our floral businesses. Hey, creative business owner, I'm Sarah Wahab, wedding floral designer, business educator, and your go-to source for turning creative dreams into profits that lead to a life of abundance. A decade ago, I embarked on my creative business journey just like you, and today I'm on a mission to share with you all the valuable strategies I've learned along the way. Whether you're navigating the early stages of entrepreneurship or a seasoned pro seeking savvy systems to reclaim your time and take your business to the next level, I know you'll find value and practical solutions here. And hey, amidst all of the CEO hustle, let's not forget to enjoy life in the process. This is a work smarter, not harder kind of podcast. Sound good? 
grab your favorite beverage, find a comfy spot, and be prepared to be inspired and motivated on this episode of Coffee, Wine, and Flowers. So today I'm going to share with you five ways that I personally like to spend my time in the slow season. As I mentioned before, for me personally, it's often during the slower periods that I'm able to pour more time and effort into the big picture of my business. And for me, those are the times that I personally get most excited about and where the really exciting things start to happen. It's when I get a chance to take time away from the constant state of hustle and sit with myself in peace without distraction, and I can look at my business overall and think about what I want my business to look like in the future. So I'll start off by sharing with you the first thing that I love to do during a slow season, which is to reflect. I love to take time during the slower season to reflect on my business and think about what I want my business to look like, let's say a handful of years from now. And it's during these times of reflection that I like to lay out a long-term plan to give myself a sense of direction so that when things do get busy, I have that big picture framework that's sort of guiding me in all of my efforts. Because if I don't have that long-term framework or that sense of direction, I'm kind of like a boat with a really big motor, but no one to steer. I'm just like hustling with no real goal in mind, right? So first step, taking time for reflection. So as I'm reflecting on my business, that big picture goal is always front of mind and that's always important. And usually I already have some type of long-term vision in place. So since I always have this sort of zoomed out perspective of what I'm working towards. In this case, I'll take this time to sort of revisit that and reframe and refine that big picture. So like maybe I have had this existing dream for a while and I've been chipping away at it over time, but perhaps I have some new dreams that I want to bring to the table or things I want to adjust a little bit. So let me get a little more specific and give you some examples. So for me personally, one of my long-term goals for my business has always been to build out and expand the floral education and resources side of my business. When I was starting out on this path, I had sort of a vague idea of what that looked like in the future, but I had a couple of short-term objectives that would get me started. So the first one was build an online course, and the second thing was to start creating some digital products. I knew that my purpose was to help florists solve problems that they face in their businesses and to sort of pull back the curtain for those who wanted to get started in the floral industry or start their own business. Then as I started to check off a few of these goals, I had new goals that I wanted to add, things I felt would further support the experience and the journey of my customers, like starting a podcast. Then later, as these different elements started to come together, I began to gain more clarity on how they all tied together and how I could build out a full experience and connect all the dots and connect all the pieces of my customer's journey together. Currently, the next goal that I have is to create a more supportive and comprehensive landing page for this segment of my audience so that you, my fellow floral business owners, and new customers who come across my brand will be able to navigate my offerings with more ease and be able to be seamlessly directed to the offering that will help them and meet them where they're at in their journey. 
So what I just described is an example of having a complete vision and direction for your business. So there's a purpose, a specific person or audience who you serve, and then there's a set of offerings to meet the different needs of your audience based on where they're at in their journey or in their experience, and a path or a roadmap that serves as a thread connecting all of those offers together so that you can take your customer on an extended journey with your brand, fostering long-term relationships that will create a new level of financial sustainability and lasting impact. But sometimes it's difficult to see that full vision all at once, especially all at the beginning. Sometimes it's something that slowly comes together one or a few pieces at a time. And over time, it's cultivated into this beautiful web that grows and builds and branches out as you go. But the more often that you can sit with yourself and focus on your vision, give some time into nurturing it, realigning yourself with the vision and brainstorming how you can make the pieces come together or setting new goals to make this vision even better and more complete, the sooner you can cultivate a thriving, multidimensional business that serves your audience more thoroughly and in turn produces abundantly. So I absolutely love taking that reflective time to think about that vision so that I can nurture it in the most effective way, making use of the slow times and of the limited time that I have each year when I'm free to do some of that creative thinking that guides my business towards that greater purpose. This is actually one of my favorite ways to spend my time and I relish the slow times in my business because it is such a gift having the space to do that creative thinking. And when I do this, I always find a comfy spot next to a window or some natural light in an inspiring setting, maybe a coffee shop that I love or a cozy corner in a quiet place of my house away from distractions. Sometimes I'll even do it outside if it's a nice day out. I'll make myself a nice little treat like a cup of tea or a coffee drink and I just dive into my dreams and goals. It's ugh, it's wonderful. Okay, so the second thing I like to do when I have a slow time in my business is take a look at my finances. And no, I don't mean diving into bookkeeping and accounting. That is something that I absolutely do not love. And that's a job for my bookkeeper. But what I do love to do is look at my larger scale numbers. I love to see overall what my business is bringing in and if it's on track with, say, my annual or quarterly goals. And if you have multiple different income streams, I like to look at each one individually and see which ones are performing well or underperforming and how I can make sure that I'm hitting my goals for the quarter and for the year. So I'll look at my last quarter or the current quarter's numbers and see where I'm at. And this always helps to motivate me to sell more, to think of creative ways to sell, or perhaps to think of a new marketing strategy to get more traffic to my different offers. So for example, if I'm a little ways away from hitting my quarterly target, sometimes I'll have a flash sale or offer a discount on one of my digital offerings that I want to promote. Or maybe if I'm not quite hitting my target for my weddings and in-person floral services, I might host a studio sale and clear out some old inventory. 
So those are some things that I've done in the past to see that little uptick in revenue in times when business is a little bit slower. And this practice of looking at my finances is something that I try to do on a monthly basis to always make sure I'm on track with my goals, but I feel like it's especially helpful in slow times when I may feel a lack of control in giving me back that sense of control and finding ways to increase my cash flow in a time when I may not be feeling that sense of security or that wedding cash flow is maybe not coming in as steadily as during the busy season. I also like to take this free time as an opportunity to look at my annual revenue and make decisions about my business from an overall revenue standpoint. So as I'm doing that reflecting and big picture vision casting that I mentioned before, I can look at my total revenue that my business is bringing in on an annual basis. And this is often when I will make decisions like, whether I need to make changes in order to boost my revenue, like maybe make a change to my pricing structure, raise my minimum to take on bigger jobs if I don't wanna increase my number of jobs, or if I discover that I can't reach my desired revenue goal with my current revenue stream, then that's when I may want to start thinking about diversifying or adding a new income stream to my current business model. There was one point in my business when I realized during one of these times of reflection that with the personal goals that I had for my future and what that required financially, I was not gonna be able to get there simply by offering one-on-one wedding services based on my existing business model and the size and number of weddings I was comfortable taking in one year. And that is how I ultimately came to the decision that I needed to diversify and add a second income stream, which for me was online education and digital products. Hey there, fellow floral creatives. As we embrace the slow season, it's the perfect opportunity to take a breather and invest in the backbone of your business. I'm excited to introduce to you the Floral Business Tools Bundle, a curated collection of resources crafted to streamline and elevate your business game. Picture this, while the event pace takes a gentle pause, you can use this time to fine tune your business systems, making sure that when events do pick up again, all your energy is going towards where it counts the most. The bundle includes essential tools designed to simplify your workflow from pricing tools to client proposal templates, email templates, and more. Why struggle with the administrative chaos when you can seamlessly organize your business during the slow season? Visit mulberryandmoss.com shop and explore resources to better your business. Let's turn this downtime into a powerhouse of productivity so you're ready to crush it when the next event season rolls around. So there's always something you can do to kind of help push yourself towards hitting your financial goals. And I feel like the slow time is a great time to look at your numbers and make sure you're on track. And if not, to see how you can come up with a way to help you meet your goal. And actually something I just mentioned brings me to the third thing I love to do during a slow season, which is have a studio sale. This is something that I love to do at least once a year or every couple of years. This year, I'm not having a studio sale because I cleared out a lot of space in last year's sale, and I also did a pretty good job of selling inventory off over the course of the year last year a little bit at a time. Like say, if I acquired a set of items for a wedding and I knew I wasn't going to use it again. But I will tell you that every time I host a studio sale, I almost always clear out 90% of what I'm selling to other florists, which I love. The idea of items getting new homes so that they can be of use again to somebody else. 
And it always feels so good to clear out shelf space, tidy up the shop, give it a good deep clean as I'm pulling out all of our inventory and sorting through it. It's a nice way to sort of start the year with a fresh, clean and tidy studio and have space on the shelves for new pieces that feel a bit more updated. And on that note, I think that updating your inventory from time to time is such a good idea, not just as a way to keep up with the styles and trends, but it also always inspires me to take a fresh new approach to my work. Oftentimes the vessel has everything to do with the shape and the style that I'm designing in. So whenever we update our vessel collection or our votive collection, that is always complemented with a more updated look to our wedding designs as a whole. And I think that that is important, especially when you're trying to not only stay relevant in your industry, but also continue leveling up to reach more high value clients and more visually discerning clients. That making sure your designs progress forward from a style standpoint each and every year is a way to make sure your work always feels fresh and always feels updated. It shows your clients that you're not just selling a commodity, you're selling something that has artistic value and that you as a brand value that individuality and creative artistry as well, which is going to add so much more value to their wedding, making it fresh and unique from anything else out there. The fourth thing that I love to do during a slow season, which ties in with this last one, is to do some market research. I love to go to a bookstore and pick up some new copies of my favorite magazines, especially publications that I aspire to or look up to. And I flip through the pages to see what is being showcased, whether it's fashion trends, unique destinations, styles and decor, or an overall vibe. It's no secret that magazines are a huge driver of trends in weddings, and they can provide valuable insights into what a certain audience demographic is going to be looking for in the coming season. For example, I've noticed a current trend in luxury weddings is actually less focus on the visual wow factor and more focus on creating impact and memorability through the guest experience. So whether it is couples planning a multi-day event for their wedding from pre-wedding day activities to post-wedding brunches, as well as adding luxurious and thoughtful touches throughout the wedding weekend to enhance the guest experience. And I find that paying attention to these things is not only beneficial from a floral design standpoint, as obviously in some cases, like in this case, the trends are not always having to do with floral, but instead I look at it as a way for me to identify the types of weddings and clients that I would like to go after or things to look for, say, in an inquiry as indicators that this could be a dream client. I also always pay attention to names that I see heavily featured in these magazines, like other vendors in the industry, not necessarily in the paid advertisements, but in the real wedding profiles that the magazine is choosing to feature. And on the flip side, in contrast to looking for patterns in these magazines, I also look for what is missing or what's repetitive and what could be improved. Oftentimes, a lack of imagination in floral design trends is what inspires me to take more risks in design. 
Obviously, the magazines do play their part in driving and directing trends, but we as the artists also play a role in that by taking risks and doing things that haven't been done before. So anytime I'm perusing through blogs or magazines and I notice that there's a lot of repetitiveness or I feel like things haven't changed or updated in a while, that is always a key indicator to me that I need to step it up and start doing things that are different and more creative to try and get those industry trends for us as a whole to keep moving forward. Another good place that I do market research is social media, but I try to be very intentional with my goals in doing this because it can be far too easy to become distracted and forget why I started browsing or scrolling, and I can quickly get sucked into a rabbit hole or lose my train of thought and start spiraling. Side note, and this might seem ironic or silly, but I've noticed that scrolling is actually a good place to practice mindfulness because similar to the way that when you meditate, you notice your thoughts drifting away and you gently direct them back to your breathing. When I'm scrolling social media with the purpose of doing market research or browsing for inspiration, it's very, very easy to let your thoughts drift. And I like to practice bringing my attention back to my original intention because if we can't be intentional and purposeful as we consume content on social media, it can really have more negative effects than positive ones. A third place that I look for inspiration, which I suppose you could say that this could be an obscure form of market research since we do work with natural mediums in our work is by spending time outdoors. If we're thinking about gathering information about our consumers needs and preferences, I think that when it comes to florals, people, whether they realize it or not, do crave that connection with nature. And I think that the more we can find a connection to nature in our visual design, the more impactful our work becomes. Nature has a powerful language if we're able to look closely enough to see how things interact, how they respond and react to the elements, how they change and move. This can all be expressed in our art. And the more time we can spend outdoors, the more we become in tune with and pay respect to the flowers that we are working with every single day that are breathing life into our designs. So this brings me to the final way I love to spend my time during the slow season, which is gardening. I am a relatively new gardener. This is really only my second year planting, but in the short amount of time that I've been learning about gardening, I have benefited from it in so many different ways. The process has taught me so much about patience, nurturing, and cultivating something over a period of time that in turn produces and rewards you abundantly. And it's given me a newfound respect for nature and life. I can't believe how much I was missing out on before I started carving out this time every week to interact with the earth, especially considering what I do professionally. And I really think that gardening should be a prerequisite for every florist and an essential part of 
really everyone's routine because not only is it a way of giving back to the earth, but it creates beautiful opportunities for reflection, meditation, and with the obvious benefit of producing all different kinds of beautiful plants, flowers, food, and creating a design with flowers and plants you grew yourself is a whole different level of rewarding. So this is something that I've thoroughly been enjoying as a hobby only at this point in my life. Um, but it's always justifiable enough reason for me to spend free time pouring into something for joy alone. If it nourishes your soul, if it fills you up, we all need that nourishment for our creativity and to replenish that enthusiasm for this beautiful phenomenon that we get to be a part of. So in my opinion, we should all make time to celebrate that. Carving out time for yourself to engage in activities that bring you joy will always be something that I advocate for and will always be a huge part of what I speak about because to me, it's essential for a balanced life. And that's what I'm trying to build for myself. And it is also my deepest desire to help you to see that you can too. And that joy should always be a priority as well as giving back, as well as mindfulness and meditation and anything else that makes you feel whole. It's not all about the business around here. The business is the driver of our financial success and that from which we are able to thrive and support our lifestyle. But at the end of the day, the way you spend your time and the way you fuel yourself from the inside out so that you can go out and live and love and support others and make an impact, all of that is important too. If not, what's most important. So that's why I'm here and that's hopefully why you're here too. And I hope that during this slow season, you can find moments of peace and that you can find inspiration and purpose and you can see this time as a blessing and use it in the ways that are going to fuel you and nurture your business and your creativity and ultimately allow you to maximize the impact that you're going to make, which I know is going to change so many lives and help so many people. So that's it, my friends, short and sweet episode. Thank you for listening and I will talk to you next week. Bye. Friends, this concludes another episode of Coffee, Wine, and Flowers podcast. Loved today's episode? Share the love by leaving a review. Now let's take it to Instagram. Snap a pic, share your takeaways, and give us a shout out using hashtag Coffee, Wine, Flowers podcast. And don't forget to tag us at Mulberry and Moss for a chance to be featured. For tools and resources to grow your business, visit mulberryandmoss.com slash shop or catch up on all the latest episodes and show notes at mulberryandmoss.com slash podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Keep flourishing and enjoying the journey. Cheers. Cheers.